0: Hi everyone, I'm Carla, and I'm Iman, and you're listening to Screensaver, a podcast about all things pop culture, including TV, movies, books, and sports. Today, we're back to discuss the latest Marvel superhero flick, Captain America Civil War, starring Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. We'll discuss the film's impressive cast of characters and its place within the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. After this, we'll end things with some screensaver signal boosts. Stick around. All that is after the break. We need to be put in check. Tony, the safest hands are still our own. I'm doing what has to be done to stop something worse.
1: How long are you going to play both sides? Do you really want to punch your way out of this?
0: Chose the wrong side. Keep telling yourself that. So this is easily one of the most anticipated movies of the summer, but Iman, for those who might not be as familiar with the plot, why don't you set us up with a little bit of plot talk? Sure thing. So Civil War is the third Captain
1: America movie, following the previous Captain America Winter Soldier. As the title Civil War implies, this movie is about a schism within the Avengers caused by a UN proposal to create a panel that would oversee superheroes' actions, therein limiting their power. Iron Man is for the Accords, Captain America is against it. Things are further complicated by Captain America's best friend, Bucky Barnes, being allegedly involved in a humanitarian disaster. Suffice it to say, things escalate throughout the film. I really don't want to give too much away, but I should mention that some rando villain named Colonel Zemo keeps showing up (laughs) and muddles things. Uh, A lot of it went over my head, but why don't we kick it off with some initial impressions?
0: Well, first of all, we have to give a quick disclaimer because you and I aren't the typical Marvel fans. Not at all. (laughs) We haven't seen Age of Ultron, which... Also, I believe counts as kind of a prequel to this movie, Mm -hmm. and we haven't seen any of the Iron Man movies, and personally, I haven't really read any of the comics, so I fully acknowledge the fact that we might not be qualified to have a real opinion on this movie, but that said, I have to say, I did have a really fun time watching it. Of all the Marvel movies I've seen in the past, the ones I enjoy the most tend to be films that don't really take themselves too seriously and are interlaced with a lot of levity and humor. So Mm -hmm. I'm referring to movies like X-Men First Class, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man, which we actually covered on this podcast. So I was really happy to see that Civil War fit this classification while still maintaining a bit of gravitas. I mean, after all, it is called civil war. (laughs) Heman, what did you think? So a lot was going on in this movie. Uh, Superheroes
1: are debating whether or not to sign this UN document that forces them to submit to a higher authority. This German villain steals a Book with a red star on it that contains (laughs) trigger words that activate brainwashing. Uh, Captain America tries to protect his best friend. Black Panther is trying to avenge his father. And somewhere in Queens, a high school aged Spider Man is working on his homework. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of storylines to follow. I was super impressed by how. Well, the movie was able to introduce a lot of new characters, I thought it did it really efficiently. But a lot of the fighting sequences for me, while really interestingly choreographed, felt a little long. They were interesting to watch in the moment, but I realized walking out of the film... I had forgotten half of it already by the time the movie had ended. But yeah, a lot of the storylines themselves did feel earned. As you mentioned, it does maintain that maintained that sense of levity throughout. And I think for yeah. a superhero movie, that's, that's a big accomplishment.
0: I think this movie benefits from the fact that it was released shortly after Batman v. Superman.
1: Which is a very dark, gritty interpretation of of superheroes of a superhero movie so
0: I it was definitely a breath of fresh air to to experience the fun of this movie and I think a lot of the fun had to do with all the characters that were in it I think there were about 10 or 11 superheroes featured oh my god for having so many characters, it could have been really easy for the plot to get convoluted or difficult to follow, but I think overall the movie was successful in maintaining a balance between these characters and giving each one their their own moment to shine. Mm-hmm. So amidst the complex storylines, it also managed to bring back a couple of beloved characters and introduce some new ones like you mentioned. And I think I speak for both of us when I say we loved seeing three characters in particular. Ant-Man, Spider-Man, and Black Panther. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to take a moment to talk about each one? Yeah, of course. Okay, so let's start with Ant-Man, We spoke about our love of the character and Paul Rudd's portrayal of Scott Lang in our Ant-Man episode of this podcast. I was really happy to see his wit and humor come through in Civil War as well. What did you think, Iman?
1: Oh, I loved it. I think when it comes to characters like Captain America and Iron Man, there's this tendency for them to get really heavy and... Ant-Man and Paul Rudd. It was just such a breath of fresh air for me. It's He's a character that is a human before he's a superhero. and oh, That's
0: I, a good way to describe him.
1: Yeah, and I think just having him be there, kind of super excited about about what was going on in the movie was really great. I, I think we have a clip we can share with a scene where Scott Lang is first introduced to Captain America, actually, when he's joining the gang of recruits. I think that's a, a great example of why we loved Ant-Man in this movie. Let's cue that up. How about our other recruit? He's raring to go. Had to put a little coffee in him, but... He should be good. Now, what time zone is this? Come on. Come on. Captain America. Mr. Lang? (laughs) It's an honor. I'm shaking your hand too long.
0: Wow, this is awesome.
1: Captain America. I know you too. You're great. Jeez. Ah, look, I want to say, I know you know a lot of super people, so thanks for thanking of me.
0: Hey, man. What's up, Tic Tac?
1: Uh... Good to see you. Look, what happened last time? It was a great I...
0: audition, but it'll,
1: it'll never happen again. They tell you what we're up against? Something about some psycho assassins? We're outside the law on this one. So if you come with us, you're a wanted man. Yeah, well, what else is new?
0: Yes. I love this guy so much. You obviously couldn't see the clip we were watching, but he even reached out and grabbed Captain America's muscles in that scene, (laughs) which made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I think Paul Rudd's,
1: or I should say Scott Lang's, enthusiasm is, is so infectious in
0: this scene. Yes, and I think the greatest thing about him is that he kind of acts like an audience surrogate. Yeah. In the sense that... His enthusiasm is reflective of a lot of what the audience themselves are feeling when they're watching these characters interact with one another. Yeah, he's one of the only people that feels approachable within this universe.
1: He's not Captain America fighting for these super noble causes and making huge decisions. He's just... A guy that's really excited to be of use with these people. I mean, he says it right there. Oh, you know a lot of superheroes. I'm, I'm glad you chose
0: me. It's, yeah. it's it's just cute. It it definitely is. And uh, speaking of cute, there's also another character who is introduced in this movie, Spider-Man.
1: Yes, a very young Spider-Man, a refreshingly young Spider-Man that is actually high school age. Yes. Which is very new for the character, at least if you're looking at the, the Sony Spider-Man movies or uh, right, Sam Raimi's. Right,
0: Hameys. So we should say, through some careful negotiations with Sony, we were able to see a third new rendition of this character played by Tom Holland. And as Iman said in this version, he's still in high school. He has recently contracted his spider-like abilities. And uh, in this movie in particular, he becomes allies with Tony Stark. I loved this portrayal of Spider-Man. Yes, I feel like my love for him was almost instantaneous, which completely took me off guard because I was a fan of the Toby original Maguire. yeah, Tobey Maguire movies. And I kind of felt... You're cheating on him? No. That I, was me. <laughs> <laughs> I... I felt a little suspicious of the fact that they were bringing in yet another Mm. portrayal after the Andrew Garfield movies kind of bombed. Yeah. But this was just so exciting to watch.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we were growing up, You mentioned at the top of the episode that you never read comic books, but you did read a few volumes of Spider-Man comic books. he was
0: the only character that I was really interested in because I liked the the original Spider-Man movies.
1: Yes, and I remember picking them up and reading a few panels, and the wit felt truest to this portrayal of Spider-Man. I mean, the fact that he didn't have there probably wasn't time for it but the fact that he didn't have like a, a romantic interest and was kind of this ancillary character in this film i thought was the perfect way to introduce him as just this this eager kid that's really excited to to please superheroes yeah that's right uh the third character that you mentioned is one that the internet has been losing its head over as have we black
0: Panther. Yes, Black Panther, who in this movie was portrayed by Chadwick Boseman. I think you could arguably say that he stole this movie. For sure, it was more of a Black Panther
1: movie to me than it was even a Captain America film.
0: So, okay, let's back things up a little and just discuss the origin story of this character for a moment. So, Black Panther is originally the... Prince of Wakanda. Yes. And unlike other superhero origin stories, there's much more of a legacy behind this character in the sense that the Black Panther title is passed down from generation to generation to whoever the the king of this fictional country of Wakanda is. Yes, which I think is really interesting because the
1: appeal of uh, most superheroes for us is that they're underdogs. We have our Spider-Mans, we have our Ant-Men, even Captain America before he gets his superhero serum is very much an underdog. So having a character that is literally royalty still come across as likable uh, in the sense that he's just, he has this deep sense of duty I thought was was really impressive and owed a lot to Chadwick Boseman's depiction of the character. What did you think about
0: him? Yeah, I thought his his depiction was a little bit um, subtle because he didn't have a lot of dialogue in this movie. So a lot of his characteristics had to come out more with his facial expressions, a lot of face acting, yeah. yes, or even in the action sequences that he was a part of and there were quite a few because for much of the movie he's the one going after Bucky Barnes because he thinks Bucky was responsible for his own father's death. Yes, there is,
1: I think even outside of this movie, just a lot of buzz around Black Panther.
0: Yeah, because there are several things going on right now in this moment in time with this character. There is a comic book series that was just released, and it was actually written by Ta-Nehisi Coates.
1: Yes, a famous journalist for The Atlantic, and he wrote... uh, He's
0: just a big name in race politics right now. That's right. So the fact that he was involved with this character in any capacity is already a big deal.
1: Yeah, and I'm... shows that they're treating the character with a lot of respect and the fact that he is an African king with, with due
0: diligence. Right. And we should also mention that Black Panther is also going to have his own movie, which will be released in 2018, I believe.
1: Yeah, and we actually just heard a lot of news about the directing and casting of this movie. You want to say a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, I am so excited about this because Ryan Coogler of Creed fame is going to be directing this movie, and since Civil War was released, there have been rumors that Michael B. Jordan and Lupita Nyong'o might be a part of it as well. Oh, I am so excited. I think a lot of the excitement around this also has to do with the fact that there have been very few superheroes that have been depicted by people of color in the past. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Marvel and a lot of production companies are actually making an effort to to address this issue. I mean, I can think in recent history there was actually a lot of controversy over the casting of Spider-Man because... A lot of people were saying he should have been played by people like Donald Glover. Yes,
1: especially after in the comic books there was, there was an African-American, Peter Parker. Or I guess it was a different name, Miles Morales. But yeah, the fact that they are choosing to use actors that are people of color and even producing Black Panther, which is essentially going to be the Hamilton of superhero <laughs> movies by virtue of its plot, a very ethnic cast
0: is is really exciting at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. And you even have characters like Finn from Star Wars making making Ma- headlines as yeah. well. So it it is an exciting time for movies in general. Of course. And I think that's probably just reflective of greater trends in culture, which is always great to see. For sure. So there were a lot of things we loved about this movie, but... There were also a few weaknesses. Do you want to dive into some of those? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Straight off the bat, it was too long.
1: It was half an hour too long. I feel like if it were just a little bit shorter, I would have liked it a lot more because I started checking my watch, I think about two hours in, and this movie was, what, two and a half hours? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they were also treating the introduction of all these ancillary characters with such breakneck efficiency, they would have that done within like a minute or two. And I remember thinking like, what? Oh, wow. Like, okay, so we're already done with introducing Spider-Man? Like, those felt almost too quick. And then
0: there were other scenes that we didn't really have to see. I mean, we didn't have to see ancillary characters like Vision... And Scarlet Witch under house arrest for as long as we did. Yeah, what I mean again, this probably
1: is a result of us not having seen Age of Ultron. But I was just like, who's the red dude? For one,
0: (laughs) who's she? Isn't she an X Men? Like it was right. I mean, when you have that many characters, you can't be as equally invested in each of them. I mean, it's just impossible, so for me, characters like the Black Panther, really stood out while others, like we mentioned Vision or the Scarlet Witch, whose name I literally had to look up prior to our recording, <laughs> kind of slipped under the cracks for me i'd I'd be interested to know if there are some major vision fans out there who are just psyched out of their minds to see him in an apron cooking <laughs> a meal and flirting. Yeah, with, with the Scarlet Witch character, but, but still, I mean, I think that's the thing about these movies. It all comes down to fan service, and if you haven't seen all the movies leading up to this... Like us. It's kind of impossible for you to feel like you're in on all the inside jokes, so... For, like you said, for people like us that aren't as invested in all of these characters, it's hard to judge this as a standalone movie because it it isn't meant to be one. It felt like more of an Avengers movie to me
1: because everyone was in there. I I liked Winter Soldier a whole lot, and I liked the fact that it was mostly Captain America and Bucky Barnes and focused very much on that storyline, but here it felt... I would imagine, just as much uh, an Iron Man movie or, we have said, a Black Panther movie. It, It felt very efficient, but yes, at
0: times kind of frenetic. Right. So, I mean, that raises the question to me. I mean, it's clearly meant to be part of a greater collection. Do you think this is a strength of Marvel movies or a weakness?
1: I think it depends on what metric you're measuring it against. If you're measuring it against enjoyability for the general populace in terms of fans that maybe aren't clued into every single movie, uh, it might be a weakness because I felt excluded from a lot of the jokes. The moments that were more straight humor I enjoyed more because if I'm going to go to the movies and watch a superhero movie, I I want something lighthearted and fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not going, if I want something a little heavier, I'm going to go watch a drama. I'm going to go watch another type of movie. I, I am not looking for superhero movies to fulfill every genre need I want. Right. Because I watch other movies. But in terms of a franchise, as in this, like, giant money-making machine, of course that's a strength for them because people are going to shell out and go watch these movies with all their favorite characters in them and good for them. What do you think?
0: I I agree. I mean, despite my not understanding what was going on in the movie 100% of the time, I never felt like I couldn't enjoy it. So I appreciated the effort that was made to make this movie more or less accessible to all. Do you want to transition over to some shout outs?
1: for sure. First shout out goes to Bucky's Motorcycle Tricks. Oh my god, yes. He was stealing motorcycles from people, doing a bunch of cool like 180 turns. <laughs> Ugh. it was it was really fun to see. As, as much as I've whined about uh ah, fight scenes and whatever were too long, anytime he was on a
0: motorcycle, I was all in. <laughs> Um, Speaking of fun to see, shout out for me to Biceps. We all know which scene
1: (laughs) you're talking about.
0: In a particular scene, Captain America is holding onto a railing with one hand and trying to pull a helicopter from flying away with the other. And it was probably one of the most gratuitous scenes (laughs) where the focus was all on Captain America's bicep. 90%
1: of the screen was arms. Yeah, thirdly, question, was Vampire Weekend put in charge of the title cards of this movie? (laughs) Uh, I thought about this too. (laughs) Because uh, the transition scenes, which would be kind of the establishing shot of a city and overlaid with, a text like queens or vienna we're in the font futura and maybe this is because we're designers but it was kind of distracting because that's the font that uh, vampire weekend uses for their albums it looked vaguely wes anderson like yes uh so shout out
0: to the shout out to futura yeah for all the big. the font lovers out there <laughs> shout out for me i also have to acknowledge martin freeman's american accent First of all, what was Martin Freeman doing in this movie? Second, he had an American accent, which completely caught me off guard. But uh, it was it was interesting to watch. I uh, Yeah, I have no idea what he was doing in this movie, but
1: <laughs> he was there. Uh, <laughs> shout out to homework. There was a yes. running joke uh, related to Spider-Man and his multiple excuses for not wanting to go out and fight with the Avengers. (laughs) Homework being at the top of the list, Carla and I just looked at each other mid-movie and said you to each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this was something we could relate to. Yeah. Lastly, shout out to Paprika. Going back to that scene with Vision cooking with the Scarlet Witch... There was so much talk about paprika in this movie, way more than I ever expected. Yeah, it was like five minutes of them just cooking.
1: What the heck? (laughs) What the heck, Civil War, anyway. um, (laughs) All right,
0: let's go into ratings.
1: Yes. Uh, What do you rate
0: this movie? I give the
1: movie six and a half uh, smooth-faced holograms of Robert Downey Jr. out of ten.
0: I think you have to explain that rating system. Really? I think it's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. No,
1: um, yes, there is a scene in which uh, we think it's a flashback with Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, watching the last time he's seen his parents alive. Then we zoom out and realize it's, it's a really creepy but well-done hologram yeah. item. Yeah, I guess the real rating system here would be six visual effects artists. <laughs> but yeah, I I gave it a 6. It was it was good but didn't totally blow my skirt up.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think if I were to rate this movie in comparison to all the other Marvel movies, it would actually be like an 8 or a 9 because it was really enjoyable to watch in the moment. The moment you stepped out of the theater, though, you kind of forget about it. And that's the thing with with a lot of these superhero clashing movies. Thoroughly forgettable. So my rating is going to be, yeah, I think it's also going to be a 6.5 out of 10 pizza slice t-shirts. Did you catch this detail in the movie? Peter Parker, when they first introduced his character, is wearing a shirt with pizza slices on it. I think this was done to simultaneously show that he is meant to be very young-looking and a New Yorker, <laughs> uh, which, yeah. I mean, what, do you, what do New Yorkers wear? <laughs> ah, the
1: shit with a pizza slice on it,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, the moment I saw this t-shirt, I knew I would like this character. But yeah, anyway. 6.5 out of 10. It, it was fun to watch in the moment, and uh, I, I'm not sure it's a movie I'd... Be dying to re-watch right away, but maybe in the future. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so before closing things out, let's move
1: on to the final segment of our podcast, Screensaver Signal Boosts, where Carla and I take a moment to give a brief plug or shout-out to something we've been reading, watching, or
0: listening to. Carla, what would you like to give a signal boost to this week? Okay, so I feel like I have to take a moment to acknowledge all the incredible music that has come out. Yes. In the past few months, we've seen spectacular albums from Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce, Drake, Chance the Rapper, and even Radiohead. Mm -hmm. We could and probably should dedicate more time to voicing our appreciation to some of these albums. I mean... Beyoncé's Lemonade alone is a masterpiece of epic proportions, and Iman and I have been listening to Chance the Rapper's coloring book mixtape. Nonstop. It's just such a joy to listen to. But by now, I feel like everyone's probably heard of these albums, or at least knows that they're good. So rather than giving my signal boost to one of these albums... I'm actually going to give it to a music podcast that has only heightened my appreciation of all the music that's recently been released. It's called Switched on Pop, and it's a podcast hosted by musicologist Nate Sloan and songwriter Charlie Harding, and it's about the making and meaning of popular music. This podcast has been around for a while now, but recently they've released episodes covering Wolves from Kanye's Life of Pablo album, Hold Up from Beyonce's Lemonade album, and they have an older episode that analyzed Drake's Hotline Bling, which is featured in Drake's latest album. This podcast is just so fun to listen to. You can find it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I wholeheartedly
1: second this as a signal boost. I've listened to a few episodes with you, and man, the podcast really makes you listen to music in a completely new
0: way. Right, you were an English major, and yes. you've mentioned they they tackle analyzing music the way you would do a close reading of a, a literary text. A passage. Yeah, it's it's a really impressive podcast, and i
1: I would definitely recommend the, Carla mentioned it, the episode that covers wolves from Kanye's Life of Pablo album. So good. And again, we mentioned it at the top, but listen to Chance the Rapper's album and (laughs) text me with all the Harry Potter slash Disney references you're hearing it, because there
0: are a ton. Oh yeah, there are. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, if you decide to check out any of these recommendations or watch Civil War, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach us by following us on Twitter at screensaverpod and by liking our Facebook page, Screensaver Podcast. And as always, you can find other episodes of Screensaver on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
1: With. Oh the <laughs> shit with the pizza slice on it, yeah.